All right, Sergio Lopez, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Brad, for having me. I'm just relaxing in my house on Sunday and trying to recharge my batteries for for the next week. Yeah, it's been a busy few uh, weeks, especially, you know, coming from the Christmas training and then into some more competition in the lead up to, uh, you know, your your um, ACC championships. And uh, yeah, it's been, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, yeah, it's been it's been busy. I think this year, uh, just with the training, we had uh, we saw UVA last week. We saw NC State yesterday, and we have uh, Senior Day. A lot of parents. We had a, a big dinner yesterday with over two hundred people, and then um, we have next next week we have a tech notational because we still have some spots open for ACCs. So we have a big chunk of our team tapering for next week to see if they qualify. We only have three spots left for the women for the women and two spots left for the men, but so it'll be, you know, it's, it's busy. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you, how do you plan your season out? Uh, do you have, uh, you know, certain swimmers so getting ready for certain meets and, you know, there must be a real challenge to get everybody kind of clicking when they need to. Right. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough because you also have like every team you have. Uh, I think I think sometimes, in my opinion, the teams are too large, you know. And uh, we have almost seventy athletes, and between men and women, uh, and wow. you can only take eighteen eighteen to the conference, eighteen swimmers, and then three divers. So uh, if we have seventy eight athletes, I think uh, you can only take forty two between swimmers and divers you're going to leave 36 back home, you know, mm-hmm. and that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough. But, but I think, um, we train, we start the season training all together until, uh, pretty much, I would say, uh, when we start Christmas training for us, uh, would be when we came back from the break, December 28th. And at some point, I think a couple of days later, we announced the team that we thought the kids that we thought they were going to be for ACCs. So we had enough time to taper the other people, yeah. you know, uh, because I, I think I believe everybody has different types of tapers, but like, like, you know, when I, I work with you, I like tapering, uh, uh, four and a half, four weeks. So, you know, um, and, you know, we have to make a decision now, uh, February 7th to finish, to finalize the ACC team. So, yeah. So after Christmas, that, that doesn't give us a lot of time. But the first part of the season is we, we train all together. We try to uh, understand each one of our swimmers and um, and to the best we can to help them develop. You know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so what's your philosophy as a coach? You think like what do you try and do each season with your athletes? Um, I think I think that I would say. Uh, my philosophy is try to, it, it's a cliche, I guess, you know, every coach is going to try to say the same thing, but I like to think about creating synergy between three things, you know, uh, one is the social life that for a student athlete, social life is non-existent, no, uh, doesn't have much, but, you know, try to make sure that I'm, I think about that, you know, mm. uh, and then the other one will be the academic life and the other one will be the swimming life, you know, and try to create the best synergy possible between the three of them. Um, at the end of the day here, I know our job is to make them swim fast, but 
they have they have to be student athletes and 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 they need to really understand how to be the best they can be in the classroom too, you know? yeah so so that's that's the philosophy that I always try to have I think it's a very I think any philosophy that you have has to be very pliable, you know, like very dynamic because every every season you have different kids and even the kids that you have because of different experiences that they have they they change, you know. And mm. so so you have to you have to have all those thoughts in your mind. So mm. but but you know, we we plan the season, you know, like I would think every other people, you know, we count the weeks. We try to think, you know, like like I did at Auburn when when I was coaching with you, and I was able to coach uh, certain people. I have a two two cycles of three days a week, where where one day is aerobic, uh, one day is power speed, and one day is race pace. Then we repeat that twice, mm-hmm. and and you know, and then you know depends on the part of the season you focus more in the aerobic part of each one of those components because each one of those components has an aerobic part or a power part or a speed part you know yeah and and yeah that's try to simplify things because it's not the same thing that when you work at a national training center or when you work at a a club with uh, more like european people or probably in australia too they they can be more specific on the type of training they can do for one person you know yeah uh, when you have 70 people it's 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 very hard and when you have limited hours to you know 20 hours a week it's it's complicated to become very fancy because things take time you mm. need to make sure that you're practical and that you don't overthink yeah yeah how, how do you feel about the state of college swimming? Where is it at for you? Do you think it's changed much? Do you think um, it's still in the same place or has it evolved or is there, what's changing within the scene you think? Well, I think, um, I think it's, it has evolved and has become pretty fast. And I'm not sure how fast on the top but has been pretty fast in, you know, in the middle, you know, and uh, like, like high school, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of fast kids, but but we don't have. I don't think we have a lot of top fast kids. But um, but that's that's. I don't know if that's you know that's. I think for me the way that college swimming has evolved the most, and maybe I was naive when I started, and before I went to uh, college coaching uh, to high school coaching, it's it's coaches are very aggressive recruiting and doing certain things that I don't understand. Um, yeah. And I think, I think right now recruiting juniors and, you know, so some people are really already working on the, on the sophomore kids. And, you know, when you have a kid that you've been working with them for four weeks and another or four weeks, four months or five months and another school calls them one time, gives them an offer and gives them five days to make a choice. And, and they pick that that school it's kind of it's kind of hard you know mm. i don't i don't understand that mm. so i don't understand if the young coaches are really or these are really looking for the best in terms of this mm. or they're just 
trying to get as many swimmers as they can as quick as possible. And what do you think contributes to that? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Do you think, do you think the contribution to that is that um, kind of the code of ethics that's, that old school coaches have always just agreed upon is like, look, if you're recruiting an athlete and they commit to you, then that's that. Has that kind of philosophy changed or is it just that there's a lot of pressure on college coaches in order to get results and so they're doing whatever it takes? What, what do you think it is? I don't think, I don't think there's a lot of pressure on college coaches to get results. I think, uh, I think, I don't want to say anything wrong either, but I think in the scheme of the, uh, of the NCA of, of the university, like swimming in most of the schools, we are probably one of the bottom sports for the athletic department to worry about, you know, and I think many, many teams that have them because they have them for a long time. And, they, you know, the NCA mandates that you have to have a certain number of sports and, you know, they're going to cut swimming and put an, another two sports new and build other facilities and this and that. So I think that that's one thing. I, you know, uh, I really believe the pressure of winning comes with the fact that you're a coach at a level like this, you know, and shouldn't be the bad. Also, you should have the thought process of you don't win at the expense of using a 16, 17, or 18 year old kid. Mm-hmm. Do, do I make sense? Yeah, uh, sure. I, I think if you really, everybody gets into their jobs, into their, their sports, all the sports, into, into their professions for different reasons. For me, I think as dysfunctional as I am, and I'm not saying that I do the right things all the time because I probably do so many, and I probably pissed so many people in this world. But I think swimming has given me uh, so much, you know, from where I come from, that I have to be loyal to that, you know, and I have to understand that I cannot use the kit, you know. Uh, like, I'll give you an example. There, uh, on Saturday, you know, We've been recruiting this kid for yeah five or six months or more. You know, yeah. uh, one of our coaches uh, I I met with his parent at one of the meets, and him, one of our coaches, uh, uh, when uh, you know, well, went and visited mm. one time mm. to and drove an hour and a half away from his vacation to visit. Long story short, he gets a call by two schools this week, and he's pretty much almost dropped us because they gave him a deadline. I said, oh, we're very interested because he just swam fast at the meet. So, oh, we want you and we're going to give you this scholarship, but uh, if you don't make a decision in a week, it's, all, it's gone. Mm. Like for me, there's two concepts here. First, you're talking to a 16-year-old kid. Second, you don't really know if this kid is good or not. Yeah. Just, because, just because he swam a good time and on paper, but have you done your research? Have you talked to them? Have you talked to their coaches? Have you, have you really understood if that kid can be part of the philosophy of your team so you can create that sustainable success that it's the most important thing to create for a team? So, yeah. so there's a lot of that. Mm. Yeah, do you, do you, I mean, is it, has it built up inside you like this, uh, you know, do, how do you, do you feel the same way about college swimming? Do you still love it? Do you still love coaching it? Oh yeah. yeah. I, I love it. I think I'm very lucky. You know, 
I don't want to jinx myself because when I went to work for you, um, I really thought that I would be there at least 10 years or, 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 or more. And then maybe, maybe that was my, my last job, being an assistant, mm. then, you know, and uh, so I don't want to change myself, but I think uh, our athletic our director here with Babcock um, recruited me for this job. And mm. uh, the first time I told him no, because I wanted to stay at Auburn, even if I didn't have a job. And, but once I came and visited, uh, he he kept insisting, and my family really pushed me to look at it. I really felt very good, and I f- I feel very good at, about living here. You know, you know, Sandy, my wife is happy here, and mm. uh, now my my son is a freshman. He decided to come to VT, so so I'm I'm very happy. I feel very good about my job. Um, there's always things that you don't like and issues that you have to solve, but mm. but I, I I feel very lucky. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think I think I think with all this, for example, I have to I have to educate the young coaches that I have. You know, I have a recruiting coordinator for the men's and a recruiting coordinator for the women. I have to educate them that it's okay. You know, like for example, when this boy called or talked this week with with my recruiting coordinator with Albert uh, and told him that Albert was kind of like. He's young, and he was. He spent so much time talking with the kid that he was kind of like thrown off guard. Yeah, and in a way, it hurts your feelings that this happens, you know. Mm, mm. But I, I keep telling Albert. I said, Albert, the only thing you can do is be honest with the kid. You know, we always talk about this is their process, and the only the our, our job is not to uh, infatuate them. Our job is to show them if this is the place that you feel is going to be your home away from home. Mm. or not so that's that's a tough that's a tough thing and i think that's what i've always loved and admired about you sergio and and i want this on the record i want people to know this i've i haven't had any better experience coaching with somebody than i had with you i think you're a beautiful man well it's the truth you know i think you're a beautiful man i think you are a a a great dad a great husband a, a family man who cares deeply about other people as well. And I think that's what the swimmers really connect with you on. And do you see that in yourself? Do you feel like you, you do that? Do you go, you know, not go out of your way, but do you feel like you really care about the kid as well? I think so. I think uh, I, I, I like uh, when a kid wins and a kid swims fast and I have a ego like everybody else, but I think um, I really, I really enjoy the process. I think, you know, I, I'd rather give a scholarship to a kid that is not going to go to ACCs, uh, but it comes every day to practice and is good for the team, than mm. give a scholarship to a kid that is just going to take things for granted and mm. and just uh, it's going to take time away from me and from the other coaches because we have to argue all the time and da 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 and blah, 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 blah you know. Mm. Mm. Um, I think that's part of life, you know. I think... Uh, we talk a lot about me and I talk with, you know, with the team, I always tell them, you know, success, success is a state of mind. And nowadays it's very hard to understand that because we live through Instagram, Twitter, uh, social media, and, and everything's about, we have kind of three lives, you know, we have our dysfunctional life that nobody knows. We have our normal life that we think is normal. And then we have our social life. 
our, our media life, you know. Yeah. And our media life, most of people try to always portray a perfect world, you know. Mm. And, and, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of pressure to do that, you know. And if somebody gives you a bad comment, if somebody, and, you know, uh, uh, puts something bad about you, you, you take that personal instead of understanding that it has no bearings on your life and the path that you take, you know. Mm. And that's very hard. Mm. it's very hard to deal with every day yeah sure i mean you're a sensitive man and you 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 care deeply and i know you know the topic of depression is something that is kind of uh, more accepted to at least speak about these days and understand and 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 athletes are obviously dealing with it uh more openly now I, i know that you and i have had conversations about the topic of depression and you have kind of your own theory on it that all athletes, all swimmers are going to go through kind of a, a natural depression at times. What's your take on that? Um, well, I think, I think I would say any, any person, any person, and, and they put their body like, like we do athletes and we to, to the limit, you know, to, and push it and push it and push it. And, and, you know, and you, you generate all this, and I'm not a scientist and, you know, I have a little bit of background, but you generate all these different chemicals in your body that give you like, uh, some days you're so happy and you feel so good about your practice. And some days you feel, you feel that it was, it was awful, you know, mm. and there's a lot of up and down, up and down. And this happens as you're a kid. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a good swimmer, but it happens also with the school or with everything else, you know? Uh, and I think for us, it's very hard because nobody teaches about all those moments. And then if you have the luck to become a good athlete, when you start losing ownership of who you are, because it happens naturally, because let's say that you win the state meet. So now you, you were not that good and now you win the state meet. Well, now the school, the local newspapers, your parents, you, everybody wants to live that success through you. Mm. you know, and it's a very hard thing to, to carry all the time. And nobody's teaching us how to understand that that shouldn't have much importance on who you are. You know? What's important is that every day I'm going to give my honest 100%. And, and, I have to be, and I have to accept that. I can cry for five minutes because I didn't reach my goal. But after that, it's like, hey, I can walk away because I know I did everything I could, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's a very hard thing. Nobody teaches it that, you know, and I bet it has happened to you, has happened to me, you know, mm. for you? many years. Mm. And you have mental blocks for this, mental blocks for that. You know? Like, I'll give you an example. If, when I was a kid, I used to be asthmatic. And I think I told you this before. And I, I shared it with the team. I used to have asthma, uh, very bad asthma. And they used to give me shots almost daily, you know, like, and this is, we're talking about in the, in the seventies, you know, and uh, the doctor told my mom that, yeah, yeah, if swimming is going to help him and blah, 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 and da-da-da, so he needs to keep swimming. And I wasn't a very good swimmer, but my coach really wanted to reward a girl in the team and me because we worked so hard and this and that. So he signed us up for a meet in Switzerland, in Geneva, and in Geneva, and I was so excited. You know, I was going to be an international swimmer, even, even though I couldn't even make nationals in my country. 
my coach was going to take me to an international meet. My mom bought me this pair of boots, you know, like for snow, because in Switzerland they had snow and this mm. and that. And I was so excited. But my asthma was really acting up. I was 12 years old. It was really acting up and it was really bad. And if I was in class, you could hear me breathe like, and I was really bad. <laughs> so I went to the doctor with my mom and uh, the doctor said, well, this is getting pretty dangerous. Maybe he needs to stop swimming. So when we came out of that doctor, I told my mom, I said, like, look, you never bring me to this doctor again that I don't have asthma ever again. <laughs> and I never had asthma ever again. <laughs> and uh, my, my, my mom, the poor woman, because my father left us when I was a kid, had a couple of jobs and the poor woman, uh, she didn't have much time to do, to take me to many doctors, you know. So when she saw that I had no more asthma, uh, because I wasn't going to miss my trip to Switzerland and have a chance to swim internationally, you know. Um, and, so and, and then later on, yeah, and later on as I grew up, I realized that I had a mental block. And the mental block was that in, in Spain growing up, the father figure was the important thing. It was a very patriarchal society. Mm. The father took me to the soccer game. The father, there was no divorce. There was no separation. There was a very Catholic society. Mm. So I think for me, not having a dad and not going to the soccer games, not going to, I don't know, movies with my dad, with like other kids, or, um, I think was a, a very hard thing. Um, and then, but when I realized that swimming was kind of a substitute of my dad, because he gave, he made me understand who I was and made me so powerful internally, I couldn't lose that again. Uh, wow. I don't know if I make a good analogy of that, but so yeah, it's incredible. Amazing. So, and you know, I, I mean, that's always been kind of your your thing is like the power of the mind too is is very a very powerful tool in your in your world. You know, um, I know you had an incident as well where you were talking about a, a time where you actually uh, was it you broke your arm or you dislocated your shoulder? Which one was it? Yeah, I, I broke my scapula. That's uh, and that's how I learned how to meditate and visualize. And yeah, yeah tell us was, about that real quick. Yeah, I was uh, 1986, 87. I was 19 years old, and I was driving my motorcycle to practice. And people will think that I'm crazy, but I was going around 130 kilometers per hour. But that was how the traffic was going, mm. and going into the city in Barcelona and. I saw this car, it was a green car, just came from two lanes over and just hit me. And long story short, I woke up five hours later in the hospital. And um, uh, th th I asked, the first thing that I remember asking the doctor, I, I don't know if I was awake before or not, but if I was going to be able to swim. And, and he told me, uh, no, Sergio, you can't. You, know, you broke your scapula. You know, you have a fracture on you uh, on that uh, on that um, scalp, and you're gonna have we're gonna have to put a big cast, you know. And that's a long time ago they would put a, a cast, one of those casts that, mm. in my body to immobilize my arm. Mm. And I think this happened June 5th or June 6th. And I had the European Championships in uh, August, so they told me that I was going to be on a cast for two to three months. So then my, my season was over. 
So I told them not to, ta- not to put a cast on me because I had two pretty ortho- good doctors, orthopedic doctors that I knew in my club. So my mom came, picked me up, they tied my arm up, and I went to my doctors, and, and they said the same thing. And these doctors are some of the best orthopedic doctors. Like, they can reconstruct an arm to, like, uh, be perfect, you know. And mm. um, they told me uh, that I wasn't going to be able to to compete. They, that if I didn't want to have a cast, that they, they could put a bandage, a tight bandage, once a week or, one, or twice a week whenever to come, they, they would check it out to make sure they wasn't loose. Mm. And with that, what was going to happen is that I wasn't going to have so much atrophy. And, you know, my nerve, there's a few nerves in, in, the, in the elbow uh, that I was going to have trouble later on when I was into the rehab. Uh, they said that maybe I wouldn't have that much issues. So I, I asked them, I don't know how, why, but I asked them, can you show me the pictures of my broken bone and this and that and what it is. And they showed me that and I went home and I used to have a yellow Walkman and I chose two songs. One that I visualize in different ways, how my uh, fuse was healed, you know, mm. and the other one, I visualized my race, my 200 breaststroke. My best time at that time was 219 something. And my goal was to go to 216.5. Um, so I did that every day and I would go to the club and I would work on my legs and da 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 People thought I was crazy. Uh, four or four and a half weeks later, I went to the doctors and I said, I think I'm healed, you know, blah, blah, blah. They did an x-ray and they're like, oh, wow, you're healed. So, so I had only four weeks of Europeans. So... Uh, the federation didn't want to take me, and they said, "Well, if in two weeks you can go to 20 in the 20 breaststroke, we'll take you. But if not, it's not worth it for you to go." So I, I went to the meet. Two weeks. The first week I could only really swim with one arm because my 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 left arm was a little bit my, my nerve in my in my elbow was not I could perfectly. And I went to 20, and and then. A few weeks later at the European Championships, I went to 16.5, the time that I visualized everything. Oh, wow. wow. So I went from not being ranked in the world or anything to being ninth in the world. Wow. So, With uh, just one month of training coming off a uh, broken scapula. Yeah. Wow. And instead of being two or three months in a cast, I was only for four weeks. Wow. So maybe I was lucky. I don't know because you know, people didn't expect me to be able to do that. Uh, and I didn't expect it to. I just believed that I wanted to swim and I was going to, you know, and you know me, like I, I, I don't think that's the secret or not secret to be successful, but I've always used meditation with the kids underwater and underwater with music, you know, music and because I feel that at least you can get in touch with who you are, you know, and, and, and one of the things that we have is like we are afraid to sit down alone and think and really feel fear, happiness, anything like that. And I think when you learn how to meditate, you by yourself and you get to a point that you have to think about who you are and what you want to do and you have to feel. So I it's think, like uh, confronting yeah. your emotions, is it? Yeah, and more than confronting, it's just accepting your emotions, you know, accepting who you are and accepting, you know, 
the feelings that you have, you know, mm. and making sure that you put yourself in the best situation possible, you know. Yeah. Wow. You know, you know how, how many times you have swimmers that say, wow, coach, uh, I think I could have swum faster because it felt so easy. And I tell all, the, all, the, all, all these guys, I said, I don't think so. I bet you were in the zone and that's it. And there was no, no conflict with mentally, physically, and you were in the right place. So that's why it seems so easy. Yeah. But if you yeah. try to, to push it harder, you probably go slower. Yeah, for sure. We've all had those moments, right? Where you swim a prelim swim, you're like, oh, wow, that was incredible. I'm going to go faster tonight. And then you try, you try harder, right? And mm-hmm. then you end, up, you end up swimming slower, you know? Yeah. Totally. So, so, so you know, at one stage when you were coaching high school at Bowles, you had Ryan Murphy, Joseph Schooling, Caleb Dressel, Santo Condorelli, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm well, missing a couple, but at least those four, are, you know, some of the greatest athletes in history now, you know, um, pretty, pretty incredible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like, uh, as, uh, I have to say that I didn't coach Caleb Dressel directly, yeah. uh, during the time that he was there. Uh, Jason Kalanick was his coach, yeah. um, his primary coach, you know, the first couple of years or the first yeah, two summers or whatever, whenever, because the way the club was set up, uh, I was coaching the, the Bulls kids. So mm-hmm. went to the high school at Bulls and Santa Condorelli, uh, Ryan Murphy and, and Joseph went to Bulls. Yeah. And Caleb went to Clay High School. And, um, but you know, in the summers he would train three months with us or two months or four months or whatever it was. And yeah. uh, so I have been able, I, I, I can say I had the privilege to, have some influence in him, you know. Uh, but, but you know, Jason started coaching with me and, uh, at West Virginia, and I'm, I'm very happy of the success he had. And I know that uh, when we were there, him and Michael Walker and John Sakovich and all these, when we saw all these guys, we were like, wow. And, and we had this conversation one, one time that, wow, these guys, these four, could be Olympic champions. Yeah. And it's kind of funny that three of them have already a gold medal in the Olympics uh, or, or, and their war, uh, two of them yeah. are world record holders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, that's crazy. And they, they swam on relays together. The four of them did they in high school? Yeah, not, not much, uh, uh, with Caleb. Uh, I think with Caleb, maybe we had a couple of relays that we swam together at junior nationals, but with the high school team, no, like okay. when we broke the national record, when we broke the national record, I think we broke it by six seconds the first time in the 400 free relay. Uh, we had uh, Ryan Murphy, Santo Condorelli, Joseph Schooling, and then Josh Booth, the Hugh at Auburn mm. with you. Yeah. And, uh, so talk to me about the three personalities and what, you know, they're all, uh, let's just take Ryan, Joseph, and Santo, three of the guys that you had direct coaching um, con- contact with. What's the difference between the three personalities? The, uh, two of them have gone on to become Olympic champions in Joseph Schooley and Ryan Murphy, but they're obviously different guys as well. T- tell us about that. Well, I think, you know, the three of them are, are really, really different. But I think uh, 
one of the things that you've seen the trade of being a, uh, one of the best in the world, they have it all. They have the three, they have that trade. It is like, uh, and I don't want to say anything wrong, but they, it's, it's all about themselves. They're very selfish, you know? Mm. Uh, and, and they, but in, in, I'm not saying this in a bad way, yeah, because, uh, because I have a great relationship with them, but you've seen this trade with the best athletes in the world. It's all about me, me, me. And that's the hard part too about mental health issues that once you start, stop being such a, a big athlete and you go to the real world and you're nobody, that's a big problem. You know? yeah. and, and it happens when, because all your life you're me, 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 me. And then you go into the real world, you go to a job and you're nobody in that job. And then you end up getting married and you're the second person in that relationship. And then you have a kid. Well, this, this happened to me. I got married. I became not so important because now I have my life with somebody else. Mm. Then we had a puppy before my daughter was born. So then <laughs> the puppy was more important. And then uh, my daughter was born. So then I was oh, yeah. the puppy. It was the daughter, the puppy, the husband. And then my son was born. So he might. <laughs> <laughs> so we getting have, pushed back. <laughs> yeah. So going from me, 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 I'm the best thing that God put in earth <laughs> to, to being fourth, it's, it's a hard thing. Yeah. But, so I think one of, one of the traits that they have is, that they really, they really hate to lose, and they want to be they, they want to be the best, and they believe they're the best, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How how to manage that in each different personality? I think that's the hard part. You know? Yeah, sure. Like you have you have Ryan Murphy that he's a very uh, he need, everything needs to be organized for him. You know, mm-hmm. and he has you have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to follow up with a plan. I think. For me, Ryan, uh, always, you know, I, I always had a group of 100 swimmers at balls or between 80 and 100 swimmers in my groups. But he, he had to have meetings with me about the plan uh, once a week, twice a week, or whatever it is. He would text me, can we have a meeting, blah, 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 can we have a meeting? And that was great, you know, mm. because he kept me accountable, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what he needed for him. And, and even though the plan has to be pliable, that's one thing that sometimes is hard to understand for the parents and for a young kid, uh, for me was a great help in such a big number of swimmers that I had. You know, mm. the more when you think that he can be, I think I think Ryan came out of high school top six in the world. You know, so so that was you know, so you you know that he can be up there. You know? Yeah, uh, jo- Joseph, I had to have a plan for his country, but I don't think. And that's also not saying a bad way. I don't think he really didn't care with the plan. He just wanted to be good and he just wanted every day for you to be there and take care of him and help him out, you know? Mm. And he, trust the pro- he trusted the process. He, the same way that Ryan trusted the process, but he had to be follow a plan. Joseph trusted the process as long as I took care of him. Makes yeah. sense? Yeah. Um, and Santo, the same thing. Santo is a... It's different than the other two, you know, has a different way of looking at life in a way. And so my job was to make sure that I try to understand who he is and try to teach him. And the hard part with that is like I had Joseph since he was 12 or 13. And then all these guys between the ages of, let's say between the ages of 14 and 18 before they went to college, that's a huge developmental time for them. 
uh, that they're experimenting with so many things and they you know so it's it's hard for you as a coach to be able to think w- which each one of them needs especially you know what i mean yeah sure uh, and more like people like like santo and joseph were boarders didn't have a family there for a while and that joseph's parents came in and out that but when just as and many of the parents of the borders that they came, we didn't have many borders, but when they come away from some so far, you kind of promise them that they're going to take, you're going to take care of them. Like if you were taking care of your own kids, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, uh, it's hard for the, the, the adolescent, the kid to see that sometimes you are being tough or rough or this because you're looking at him, at them like, like your child and you want to educate them to make the right choice on things and this and that, not just swimming fast. Yeah, sure. So that's, wow. yeah, so that's a hard part. So then Joseph, I mean, you had a pretty intimate, uh, you know, relationship with him leading into 2016. Obviously you're his head coach and you're the head coach of Singapore. And then you go to the Rio Olympics and you're coming up against the greatest athlete <laughs> The, the generation has ever seen in Michael Phelps and the goal is to, you know, try and win the hundred butterfly. Um, what's, what's Joseph's mental state like going into that and maybe even, even on race day in the, in the lead up to walking out to the event, what, what's, what's going on? Well, uh, you know, with Joseph that I was very lucky to be with him in many t- trips through the four or five years that we were together. And then he went to Texas and uh, Eddie, Eddie Reese and I, we, we've had a relationship, a very good relationship since I was a swimmer. You know, for me, mm. when I came to America, Eddie Reese became kind of my, uh, that was the coach. I, I swam for Doc Councilman, but watching people and watching teams, that was the coach that I thought, wow, he's doing great things. You know, you had John Urbanchek and different people, but, but I had a relationship with him for so long. You know? yeah. And so, so the first before he went to Texas, we went through a lot of a, a lot of different stages at big competitions. You know, like he made the Olympic team when he was 15 years old, and 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 that was a big deal for his country. And mm-hmm. at the 2012 Olympics, he could have solved very well, but there was an incident that happened, and he was kind of throw him off. And and Joseph has sometimes it's been like. Uh, admits it's been very hard because it has so much pressure from their country and this and that that, that you have to be with him and help him out and this and that and more when they're that young you know so I was very happy of the evolution that he did uh, all the way to before he went to Texas you know so I was I thought that so so for the Olympics but you know before every like uh, Asian Games or uh, Commonwealth Games, we had some pretty interesting moments, Joseph and I, when we had to sit down and talk and get to the bottom of things before he was able to go to the to race and do well, you know. Mm. Uh, and that was part of, you know, you know, having a, a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, the best in the world, you know. So nothing bad, but, but then, you know, he went to Texas and I was very lucky that, uh, Eddie came to uh, Rio with us and 
Joseph came to train with us uh, for a few weeks and this and that, and, and Eddie really trusted me with helping him. And uh, I remember through the process at the, uh, when we were in Rio, um, you know, uh, Eddie was, we all got me involved with, with Joseph at a hundred percent. And before he went to the ready room, because we always, I always like to walk to the ready room with the swimmers that I have. I was, uh, Joseph asked me, I thought that Eddie Reese was going to go, but Joseph asked me, he said, Sergio, can you come with me to the ready room? And I went with him to the ready room and, and it was a, a very good moment where, you know, I know people, if they hear this, might think that, that, that they might use it against him because, you know, some people are like, but when we talked right before he got into the ready, ready room and, um, and he, you know, I gave him a hug, like I always give him a hug. Uh, I, I might have to stop doing that because of the athletes protection program, but um, <laughs> I gave him a hug and, and I just remember what I said. And he looked at me and said, Sergio, don't worry. I got this. And he walked in and the next thing I know, he was an Olympic champion. <laughs> so, oh, wow. so, um, so, and that's, you know, he was in the moment and he was lucky that everything lined up for him. You know? um, what about you? How, how are you? That, did you? Did you cry at that moment? I mean, you've been with oh, this kid since he was 12 years old. But I cry for anybody. Like, I, I think anybody, like, uh, this weekend we had the senior thing with kids that I only had two years with them and they're walking with their parents. I cry. You know? I have to hide it because, you know, I don't want to be on Instagram crying or somewhere crying. But, <laughs> but you know, if you're gonna, always going to tear up, yeah, absolutely, I cry. There's no question about it. And it's not just at that moment. Other times that I thought about it, not just with him, but even with Ryan or even with Santo, they got fourth at the Olympics. And, if, you know, knowing his, his trajectory and everything. And uh, when you're by yourself and you think about things like that, I know I'm emotional and I probably cry more than once just thinking about it. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I think, I think it was a very big learning experience for me, not just them, because, you know, you, you coach Ariana Vanderpool Wallace at Auburn and you got her to the final at the Olympics and the Olympics before she was with us at Bowles and, and, you know, she, she's an interesting person, you know, and, and a great person. Uh, but she also, you have to coach her in a certain way, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and all these kids have, not kids, but all these athletes have really molded and changed, changed me and taught me how to understand life in a way, you know, yeah. that's pretty interesting. And, and not only the, you know, you know, not only the good ones, you know, because yeah. sometimes the people, the, the, the swimmers, the athletes that nobody knows are the ones that have changed your life even more, you know? Yeah. So, and have, have, have helped you become a good coach. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, man, uh, I love, uh, I love you. I love your family. I love Sandy and, and, and Harley and Kobe Thanks. and, uh, you know, we've got something in common with uh, both, both of our sons are, are named Kobe. Um, <laughs> that's, and, that's funny. <laughs> and, yeah. This podcast is, um, you know, being inspired by the death of Kobe Bryant. I've, I've said that a few times, but, um, you know, uh, I, I've always felt a very strong connection to you. I, I think you're a great man. I think you're a brilliant coach. 
I wish nothing but success for you in the, in the coming years, my friend. And, um, I'll be, I'll be cheering for you this year. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. And you know, you know, and I said here, I said it many times that you, you know, I came to work for you because you gave me an opportunity to try to figure it out again, to come back to coaching because I was in a pretty bad mental place with that. And I wanted to really stop coaching, you know, and spend more time with my family. And when I went to Auburn, you really helped me out to, you know, be in peace with myself and, and spend more time with my family. That's what you allow me to do and, and coach, coach at a high level, but it's been, so that's, I always really thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll always have a special bond, my friend. Um, good luck this season. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You have a good night. All right. See you, buddy. Bye-bye.